0: Right, so. You got
1: the little ponytail thing going on today.
0: They're called Space Buns. Oh, is that what they're called? They are. My 16 uh, year old daughter did them for me. Oh, very nice. So, yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, so. Welcome um, to Talking in the Chasm. Welcome to Talking in the Chasm. Compassionate, controversial conversation between best friends, holy man. And the atheist. <laughs> the atheist. Um, I'm Matthew. And I'm Felix. And oh, do you know what we're talking about today? We're going to
1: get into, I guess, I guess we would call it mythology. Yeah. Is that the right way to say it?
0: Maybe, yeah. As I was writing down various topics, I, I just I wrote down storytelling. When does storytelling become law? Okay. And uh, this is a maybe a controversial way of saying it, because storytelling implies fiction, mm-hmm. and um, uh, people who believe don't believe that the Bible is fiction. So... Um, and i I'm just you know assuming, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, <laughs> that you believe it's the truth, yeah, um so uh, well it started, there's a, a i'm gonna misquote Penn Gillette, who's a outspoken atheist um
1: an all around nice guy,
0: uh, hilarious, really funny guy, good magician, uh anyway, uh he said something to the effect of if humanity were to be wiped out and to start again. We would come up with the same. We would come up with stories about the existence and how the Earth moves and the stars and where plants come from and why the grass is green. We would come up with all these different stories around the world, and they they would be different stories. They wouldn't match the stories that we tell ourselves now, right. which we then you know group into what we call religion, right? These, these stories of creation and everything. Um, however, science would eventually get back to exactly where we are now. And his, you know, ideas that science is truth, mm-hmm. and that that it is, you know, it, it will get to where it is now because this is the way that it works, and it works every single time. Whereas, were humanity to be extinguished, would the people come up with Jesus Christ and and the Son of God and crucifixion, and or the um, Buddha and the tree, and you know, uh, the mythologies of, of uh, Egyptian and the beetle rolling the the sun across the sky and stuff like that
1: well it's an interesting idea i i, I think it gets at a bigger idea of, of what's being communicated in story and and there's a couple ways to look at that like for one it's amazing the continuity between human story for instance there are dozens of cultures that have a global flood narrative that are disconnected cultures. There are remarkable similarities in structure around creation narrative. So uh, one wonders if, if the stories that men have made come from men, like from the, the psychological, sociological components of, of mankind, if we wouldn't come up with the same stories. If we wouldn't, like, so maybe maybe if the world ends it's not Israel. It's Jabubel. I, I don't know what it's right, called, right. but it's but it runs. It 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 serves a similar mythological narrative. It serves a function in the same way. the The places are changed and the names are changed, but the stories are the same. Right. That's. I think there's a that's, there's a good case to be made. That's for that. very
0: interesting. Yes, and you know, um, Joseph Campbell, the power of myth. As you uh-huh. read this it was uh-uh. basically i mean i it basically says well there's only a few stories that ever get told yeah you know yeah. people fall in love and they they break up or it doesn't work or whatever there's a there's a murder you know there, there's only a few Hate, stories love, right that we can brotherhood we can tell. nation yeah and i imagine that um a, a river overflows and a bunch of squirrels and and little creatures die and then a man sees that and goes wow what would that, ha- imagine if that happened to us? What would, imagine if it happened, to you know, uh, the mountains turned into water, and all of a sudden, you know, what would that be like? I can imagine every culture could see creatures dying in a flood and think, oh, wow, what would that be? So that would be, a, you know, well, global maybe, could so be a global flood So I actually
1: believe there was a global flood, but along that why are why are these flood narratives so ubiquitous? Like, you can imagine if your world is as big as the land that you can see, and the land that you can see floods that's a global flood right. Like,
0: what else do you know except right. for what's there um, but that's just a re- you know that's just a reason of how such a thing could become a global phenomenon Hawaii in India they would they would have a flood narrative in the same way that they would have one in in Native America and because floods I think happen what's
1: more interesting to me i i, I don't take Penn's statement I, I've heard it and I don't it, it's not that meaningful of a distinction to me like the idea that because I think that the stories that we tell function in just as real a way as as the scientific narrative so uh, let me start over um, Jordan Peterson's one academic work is um, is maps of meaning and what 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 his theory is is that, there are two, two, basically two kinds of ways that, there are two things that we talk about. We talk about what is and what means. Like, so what something is, like I can measure the width of this table, I can can take apart the species of the wood, we can put it under microscope, we can see the cells, we can take those cells apart and we can see the atoms. Like, what is it? Right. But that's actually not as important. It, It is important for a lot of things. But it's not as, as important as what a table means. And what a table means is family and connection and food. And so the meaning of things is, at, it's at least half of the story. Okay, And so the meaning around things is another way that we communicate. Well, how do you, how do you, how do you define our relationship when we eat food? Like that's not an is, that's a right. means.
0: Right. I mean, you could, yeah, you could say that that science it looks at the how and religion looks at the why,
1: or the you what know. and the why. Yeah. Sure. Um,
0: but <clears throat> my my point the problem that I have with religion is that each religion claims to be the religion Mm -hmm. and there's many 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 of them Mm -hmm. and were the world to be wiped out then there would be many many more who would claim to be the religion and they would all be very different than the ones that we have now which just leads me to believe that it is a fiction that we needed religion to, to explain things that now science is explaining and eventually science will fill in all the gaps and, and possibly explain everything or maybe then maybe it won't. I don't um, think it will. My you know I've, I've said this before but you know I, I like that, that science encourages doubt and one of the things that science has doubt about is God. I mean God does, science doesn't say God doesn't exist. Science says says uh, you know there's no evidence that that God exists. Um, and well, that, uh, it's, you know.
1: is the evidence in meaning, or is the evidence in in things? Like, if the evidence is in meaning, there's lots of evidence for God. If this evidence is in things, if it's quantif if if it can only be evidence if it's quantifiable, then okay, there's no evidence for God. But if I see meaning in the world, in my relationships, if my life changes because of a connection to the divine, if I have You know experiences that are life-changing and life-altering in the eucharist with my church like those are evidences they're just a different they're not quantifiable evidence well i
0: mean you know we've said this in a previous episode but you and i are both looking at a um, beautiful painting that we both happen to love Mm -hmm. we both feel something Mm -hmm. you know um, we both, and it doesn't have to be a it could be something natural, right? A sunset, a, 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 a tree, a cool, a cool snake, or whatever. It could be something awesome like that. And then you feel that that is God mm-hmm. talking to you, really. I mean, mm-hmm. this is God made this, and it's mm-hmm. beautiful because there's a God. It, this shows that there's a God because there is beauty, and this thing that I feel isn't something quantifiable. I feel beauty as well, but. Um, i'm i'm a little bit actually fascinated by is it quantifiable mm-hmm. you know we talk about the the the, the golden ratio and yeah. you know stuff like that um it's interesting to me because you know, they say oh beauty is in the eye of the beholder but what what if it isn't mm-hmm. you know um i i learned that um, you know marilyn monroe right she's mm-hmm. you know buxom you would be considered a plus-size model today probably mm-hmm. right and you know kate moss from the early 90s she was like super super skinny rail skinny uh, called heroin chic right Mm -hmm. and they have the same waist to hip ratio Hmm. you know and so stuff like that makes you go is that do do men find that waist to hip ratio attractive and always have and always will and there's something Mm -hmm. scientific about it it has to do with you know, good. You say in your mind, oh, you know, good breeding, or I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, but but maybe there is something scientific about it. Maybe there's a reason that we think this flower is really beautiful and that this one is really ugly, even though it's not universal. But some things are darn near universal. Mm-hmm. You know, most people can agree that um, the Statue of David is is pretty cool. You know, the, the stance, the stands the way most humans, the contrapposto, yeah. where the way we're leaning, the the sculpture is very. Uh, Realistic as far as anatomy, I mean, it's it's pretty cool. You you, you know, I, I can't imagine being revolted by it unless you don't like nude it or something. But that's mm-hmm. you know. So. But what about Jackson Pollock? So Jackson Pollock, um, that is interesting because um, I actually saw a uh, I saw a really cool Jackson Pollock exhibit at the at the, the Pompidou uh, Center in, in France, and they he, they they filmed him. They they did a plexiglass thing and there was a camera underneath and he was painting on the plexiglass Uh because he does this dance, you know, he like, he throws it on the ground, it's Uh not, you know, on the wall, he throws throws it on the ground and makes its painting. And then, you know, and they talk to him about it and stuff. And he throws away about um, 70% of the paintings he makes because they're not right, right? But he makes one that's right. And one thing that science has done is they've taken the ratios of the different colors, in a Jackson Pollock, and have learned that there is a, a specific ratio that's true to all of his paintings, and that it's, so you can test a real
1: Pollock by the ratio, and
0: that is how they test to see whether Pollock is a fake or not. This one's random. This one is not random. It looks random. It may, uh-huh. feel, but there's something that feels right about it, right? But isn't it sort of the, like
1: uh, is that the artist communicating? Like we like that because it's Pollock, right? Well,
0: it's sort of the rule of thirds kind of thing. For some reason, humans just find. Find it more pleasing when things are located, you know, two thirds mm-hmm. of the way up or down in a in a in a picture. Mm-hmm. Um, why do people do that? Maybe the eyes are two thirds of the way above up up your up your face. I mean, you know, there's there's probably scientific reasons why we like what we like, and I'm fascinated by that just because it's it seems so opposite of it. because you feel I just I feel it I uh-huh. feel it and it feels right to me, uh-huh. but maybe it feels right to you because there are scientific principles at play. That you don't understand. And, yeah. th- and that way, you, know, you say, well, maybe it feels right to you because God created this thing and you don't understand that. That yeah.
1: you know? that's just a description of the design.
0: Yes. And the things can be beautiful for beauty's sake. That beauty in itself is not evidence of God to me. I mean, you know, something can be beautiful and not be divinely created. I mean, you could throw some sand on the ground and it may land in a way that's just cool. Yeah. You know, it makes me want to take a photograph of it and you may throw sand on the ground and it's just a pile of sand. I mean, you know, there are things that make, make it what it is. But
1: I, yeah, I, I just, I, I, I don't think that I could ever be convinced that everything is reducible to that level. That that there's nothing that's, how, what's that expression? Je ne sais quoi. There's nothing in it. There's nothing, there's no essence of the thing. Right. There's no right, soul. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing that it's all just pattern recognition. It's all just firing chemicals. Like right.
0: so you don't think we could ever teach a robot no. to paint. Or well, to compose music.
1: No, I think we could. I, I think that I think that there is certainly like but I don't know that you'll ever I don't know that you could ever recreate Jackson Pollock. Not Jackson Pollock's paintings, no, I but Jackson Pollock, like the movement that right. created I mean, his I, art.
0: Well, yeah, I, I think what you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, but creativity is not a uh, a very good copying of something. Of yeah. Creativity is this spurt, yeah. right? Genius happens when there is such a departure from the from the norm yeah. that people at the time think you're insane, That's like right. Jackson Pollock, mm-hmm. like Pablo Picasso. Mm-hmm like Philip Glass, Bingo. I mean anything, right, mm-hmm. Bang, yeah. So, they think you're crazy, you know, but this creativity kind of thing, and maybe that's what the robot can't do, make uh-huh. that leap. Yeah. The robot is gonna look at, at Modrian and all these other th- things and then it's gonna come up with some splatter thing that has not, it's never yeah. been seen, like yeah. why in the world would that happen, you know? But, maybe the robot would look at his dish rag, at the rag after he's cleaned off all of his things and goes, that is neat and then make something similar you maybe
1: well that's i guess it's the it's that, that is that neat is, neat is neat the heart that thing that you right? couldn't yeah teach a robot to do i watched uh there's a fantastic i love smarter every day you ever watch that guy mm-hmm. destin was smarter every day he does he's a he, i think he's a uh a rocket propulsion scientist but he does all kinds of fascinating things and they're they were working i was just watching this morning actually before i came out they were working on uh, how to put sensors in a circular saw so it shuts down when it kicks back. Yeah. That kind of stuff, machines are phenomenal with and it's all machine learning. Like right, yeah. they just put data sets and told the machine to figure out when it's gonna kick back and it did it all itself. Like machine learning is there's all kinds of things that are phenomenal that we haven't even tapped yet. But that is neat, I don't think is ever anything that sensors will do. So
0: I've read this really cool, I can't remember the book, and I wish I could because I want to reread it. It was so great, but it uh, talked about a robot that listened to pop music, mm-hmm. okay? all different genres of music all yeah, yeah. through time and it found you know patterns and similarities of what would what become successful so then record executives could feed it new music and the robot could say yes this would be a hit or no this wouldn't be a hit uh-huh. based on you know the kind of uh, empirical data yeah. that it had gathered over hundreds of years of listening to music right uh-huh. and um, <clears throat> The uh, what's what's that song? Shake it like a Polaroid. Do you know that? You know what I'm talking about? I'm a little Um, bit out of yeah. Okay. (laughs) Well, this it was it was many years ago, and everybody's gonna be screaming into (laughs) the thing. oh, you're an idiot. I'm an idiot. Um, But anyway, this robot said that song it was outcast as the band, and that song is gonna be a hit. It's a hit, right? Uh And they played it on the radio, and nobody cared. Nobody cared. And they're like, this doesn't make any sense. This is supposed to be a hit. So then they, the, the record exec said, okay, here's what one want you to do. We want you to play a hit that people like right now, and then you're going to play the Outcast song. After every hit that they hear, you're going to play the Outcast song. And you know they had all these different things. And then eventually it became this runaway insane hit. But they had to make it. They had to prime people. They did. And, you know, did the robot think ahead? <laughs> you know did the was the robot like okay, this this has all the, were the people wrong or were the robot right, right. yeah and, and eventually you know they they it was it was a huge, huge hit. it still is it's a, you know it gets covered all the time, it's a really popular song.
1: let's um, circle back to story though yeah I, there there's a, I, I don't know if this is where you wanted to go, but there's some fascinating things to me about story, like because st- story is essentially. Identity right like it's how you identify something either. It's a cultural identification Or like what what's compelling about a story is your ability to to empathize with it mm-hmm. Like so to feel it yeah. yeah when we hear a good story. It's like oh I could put myself in that sure. place and I think um, I think That that personal story family story tribe story nation story is really important stuff sadly, I think uh, American Christians have lost their sense of story and that's why the roots of what Christianity is supposed to be are so delinquent in American Christianity. They've lost their story. They've lost their place where they come from. They've lost their identity in in that origin narrative of the gospel and those kinds of like when you see that's how a national story functions right like it's why we teach revolutionary history to our sixth graders so that there's this some kind of idea of why does this country matter where did it come from mm-hmm. and what's what's at the root of our origin and why do we why do we why do we why are Americans american what's the sense of all of us what puts all of us in the same package like how do we make a box that's around all of america and and that's why I think story has these common factors and these common parts that are ubiquitous. They're always going to be in there, and I think that's where Gillette's narrative is missing the mark. That that we will recreate these stories because we will recreate society, and we will recreate religion. We will recreate a narrative around why God is and 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 that we would very much do the same thing that human history has done. What I, I, you know, I sent you, uh, I don't think that science is going to eliminate that because I think they're coming out of the heart of man. I think they're coming out of what we are.
0: Right, but what about Christianity? Christianity in particular.
1: So, here's, no, I'm just
0: saying, w- w- when we recreate the stories, are we, would we recreate Christianity? Would we recreate Jesus Christ as the Son of God, born from a virgin mother? Well, here's you know what, what I mean? the Come here's on. what
1: the analysis misses. Mm-hmm. Was God, the creator, a divine mover in that story? Did He make the story to happen? Did the story come from God or did the story come from man? Well, if the story came from God, then he's going to recreate the story. He'll he'll put that narrative back together. So
0: why did God give the story to the Europeans and not to the uh, well, Asian culture? he didn't give culture. it to the Middle Easterners. Uh, right, okay, and, and not the Asian culture and the Indian culture and the Native American culture and the Egyptian. Why? So this goes
1: back to the Ricky Gervais, like, A Million Gods Minus right. One and the problem with that analysis is what I would say to Ricky or to you if you were to tell me I'm just you're just an atheist plus one is I would say well how many answers are there to 2 so plus 2? Ricky two?
0: Gervais said there's like 3,000 gods uh-huh. in the world I and, don't believe all and of I, them and I don't believe in any of them and you, you just believe in you one you only more. believe in one you don't believe in 2,999 uh-huh. gods so therefore you're really only one removed from atheism the problem
1: so. with the analysis is that there's only one answer to 2 plus 2 like, there's an infinite minus one wrong answers to that question. And so, the, f- the, the exclusivity of a truth proposition requires that there's one answer. So, the Indian
0: religion, the Hindi, are not true? I think. It's two plus two, there's five over there?
1: Yeah. I mean, so I would say that because I'm a Christian. Now, so he's going to say that about me as a.
0: Right, but why did God not just give the truth to everybody?
1: Well, I think what God gave to everybody was a desire to find God and that all these different systems come out of that same impulse in man and and the the thing that's in us that wants that wants the answer to life that wants to know the reason for what is that wants to know where do i come from and where am i going and how how does this miracle of identity and self exist in this miraculous world that what, one of the things that bothers me the most about the scientific narrative is that it seems to lose for all the talk about reveling in the stars and the cosmos It's so reductionist that those people all seem depressed and sad to me Like it takes a Chesterton someone who can marvel at the same thing over and over again Chesterton is a he, he's sometimes called the prince of paradox and he he has these beautiful illustrations of how why, why Jesus picks a child and sets him on a lap and says the kingdom of God is like a child. And he says because the child can find infinite joy in repetition. The same thing over and over. You know, you play with a child. It's, mm-hmm. like, it's almost like a dog throwing right, a stick. Yeah. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. And that ability to revel in the common is, is this divine spark.
0: So you don't think that scientists study the planets and just go man that's awesome.
1: Yeah, they do, but I think when they say that that's awesome, that's the that's the mystery part of them that's 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 firing it's the it's the desire for mystery the desire for unknown the desire for mystique
0: but I think figuring out the mystery is what's so fun sure I mean you know when they when they finally figured out that molecules are you know atoms spinning around a nucleus it's just like wow and then that it applies to everything and that they tested it and it actually does I mean that just must have been the coolest thing ever
1: yeah figuring stuff out certainly that's that's what the the curiosity is in us for
0: but if you were born in India uh-huh you would be Hindu. Well, you Matthew would be Hindu or Buddhist I, or Christian or Catholic? or I'm just not sure. well, okay, whatever. you know if you were born in in Japan, you'd, you'd be what is it Buddhism Shinto I, you know, or Buddhist yeah. or? So I'm just saying you're Christian because you were introduced to God in the Christian context as he's the Creator, whatever. If were you introduced no. as um, as uh, another religion, that would be your religion, and you would be devout because you're a devout person, and you believe. But why do people convert? You know, they convert all over the place, back and forth. I mean, uh, I, Americans. I know. Why do? Why do? I mean, my my uh, my cousin was a was a very religious person who converted to to, to the Muslim faith. I mean, uh. you know, that's. I don't know why people convert. I don't know why people but believe in God. Isn't but, that you know. a
1: contrapositive to your notion that you're just you're Muslim
0: if you're from? The Arabian Peninsula right I mean I suppose I'm speaking of 99% of the people yes there are people that will convert I mean and I was certainly born a Christian I went to church and I was told God exists and then I figured out that God doesn't exist and 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 I actually feel comfortable in that I feel more comfort in knowing that it's just a bunch of spinning electrons. Then there's a guy that's not answering prayers, or that's causing awful things to happen, or allowing awful things to happen. I mean, I had a, just a super hard time mm-hmm. reconciling. You know, w- w- what's the point of prayer? Like, what what is prayer? You're gonna ask for something, or you're going to, you know, uh, I mean, you know, as you say, it's not just like garnering favors. But what what is the point of prayer if not to ask for some sort of influence, and if there is a god that does influence things, then he's cruel. See, that's and if he not doesn't influence things, then what's the point?
1: This is—it's called the problem of evil, and we should do a whole episode on the problem of evil. But I, I'd like to get—I'd like to track down that like you're born a Hindu or you're born a Christian, okay. because the—the the problem with that analysis is it's entirely too shallow. Like Hinduism came from somewhere. Christian there was no Christians in the first century A.D. So in in a hundred years one idea about one man swept the Western world Like nobody was a Christian when Paul went to Corinth and like the ideas around the the origin story of Christianity That this weird little Jewish man with no scripture No church no Western civilization was was able to convince people that there was a, a, a Jewish guy who everybody hated the Jews was the son of god and rose from the dead and it spreads like wildfire is a contrapositive to the idea that you're just born into the religion well i'm are. not
0: sure that that it wasn't a cultural mishmash of, of the time that that let that happen i mean charles manson's followers believed very much so that he was the savior sure so what well, he's just a crazy person but every I religion mean, comes Jesus from isn't nowhere. a crazy person because there's millions of people rather than just scores yeah, to me billions I mean, you know yeah so um, it's just, you know, it's just hard for me. I mean, you know, I, I do understand that there's a need for storytelling. The sun goes across the sky and people go, what's what's up with that? What, what Why is that? What is that? And so people say, oh, it's, you know, it's a, a hole poked in the sky by a god, or it's, you know, a scarab rolling a dung across the, the sky or whatever it is. Um, but then the scientists actually test that there's this nuclear ball of fire and that there's a planet that revolves around this ball of fire. And they test it myriad different ways over centuries and centuries. And it turns out that is probably the truth because it is just so... It's so... Uh, um, uh, it, it's it, it happens so perfectly to what we expect. But know? do you
1: know that those ideas aren't in in... In contradiction to each other like the idea of the idea of looking for order and reason in the world is a religious idea and that religious idea of wanting to make sense of the world that includes right. wanting to know where things come from is where we got
0: scientific ideas But I feel like we have to change the story when the, when the ideas become uncomfortable in other words God said there's you know God made earth Mm-hmm. And then he made man. And mm-hmm. then he made the sun to light the earth or whatever it mm-hmm. was. Well, you mm-hmm. know, people got hanged and burned by, for the idea that the sun is in the center and that the mm-hmm. earth goes around the sun, not the other way around. In fact, Galileo couldn't even say the sun is in the center and the earth goes around. He said the earth is in the center. But if we want to track the orbit of Mars, it's just easier to put the sun in the center. Otherwise, <laughs> Mars does this across the sky and Venus does this. Uh-huh. You know, if just hypothetically... <laughs> If we just put the sun in the center, everything goes in a circle around it. Just that's that's what I'm saying. Uh-huh. He never said the Earth is the center of the universe. I mean, the that, that Earth wasn't the center of the universe because that's what was believed, and people were actually killed for not believing that. Well, since then, Christianity has adopted the idea that the sun is the center of the solar system, uh-huh. right? Yeah. I mean, you believe sure. that, yeah. So the story changes as as science sheds more light on it, which just makes me feel. Like, the story is there for reasons that no longer exist, for me certainly, but as, as we become more scientifically uh, astute, uh, the reasons that religion were created in the first place become less and less um, vital.
1: Well see, that's the part where i that's the most objectionable right, the premise. Religion
0: being created.
1: Well no that 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 the more we understand about the world in a what is kind of way the less what it means matters I think that the more that we understand what is the more we need complicated complex ideas around what things mean and what's happening in the world is that we're losing sense of meaning we're losing sense of relation we're losing sense of what a table means we can diagnose the atoms of the table but we don't know how to sit across it and share bread anymore like we're losing our sense of meaning and that sense of meaning doesn't come from microscopes and measurements
0: Well, let's talk about the earth as the center as an example, because that was the belief. Well, there's very earth was the center of the universe and that God created it that way in a very specific
1: culture under a very specific religious paradigm. Like the, you, you can't divorce like that's not really Christianity or the Bible's fault. That's the Vatican's fault and the power play between the Pope and Galileo like all of that are necessary conditions for that to arise the bible is not a necessary condition to burn people that don't believe that the earth is the center that's a that's a political situation between the pope and his power grab on the world
0: yeah but the bible tells you things that are right and wrong yeah um, and
1: those the so okay so there's the point is that whether or not the earth or the heliocentric or the geocentric model of the universe that doesn't affect meaning like we we all live the same lives regardless of that and there's there's ways to see that in the Bible both ways but what does it mean to be a man like what's the purpose of life and how are we supposed to relate to each other those things don't change no matter how much we know about about the cosmos and that's the that's the real reason for the creation na- narrative it's not so that we can diagnose What is it's so that we can diagnose why does this matter?
0: Well, are you comfortable with the idea? That were the world to be uh, I know it's crazy because it won't happen, but well I'm not saying it won't happen actually. Let's say humanity does destroy itself and and is reborn Uh, Are you comfortable with the idea that uh, the ideas will be different? Or are you saying the ideas won't be different; the the names might be different.
1: Yeah, I'm saying the meanings will reemerge.
0: Okay, and so then know those meanings and if are God those meanings is, universal, like the Hindi and and the Muslims that believe it's the same.
1: So as a as a because I believe that God Himself was involved in the Christian narrative that Jesus was the physical manifestation of God, I think that that, that story and you can call a story a myth. I don't right, yeah. that doesn't offend me. But that would be reproduced because God would have the same intention with so humanity. So it just
0: seems like you're at a disadvantage if you're born a, a Hindu. I mean, it just sucks for you. Well, there's right? I mean, wh- what's, the, wh- what's the point of that? Why, wh- why would God do that? <laughs> mm-hmm. Allow that to, 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 you know, that half the earth has a completely different story. Mm-hmm. And this, they're right and they're
1: wrong. Well, what's at the core of the story is right in all of them like the desire that's that's what we're getting the desire for god I, i i think that god picked i think that there is a way there's one truth and i think that one truth personally i think that one truth is jesus and so if you say how do cultures develop economic security how do they develop physical security how do cultures of people there are many wrong answers for that people try and right. mishmash, and there, there's feudalism, there's oligarchies, there's all kinds, just look at the political models of, of human organization. And people do all kinds of things, some with disastrous results, some with great results, some with better results, some with lesser results. And they societies pick a way of finding what's true. They start from tribes and they go to this. In In the same sense, there's an initial impulse that I want to know I want to know why all this is. I have an impulse towards understanding the divine. And we pick out these systems, like maybe there's a God of the tree, maybe there's a God of this, that in the big picture, God plants the seed of wanting to know what in the world is. And then he he allows us through free will to work out how that works. And so these different systems arrive to, to better or less result. And they're supposed to be going in one direction, like to find the ultimate truth. Mm-hmm. But they don't all. They, they have Some of them have disastrous results. If you look at the Canaanitish tribes in, you know, 600 BC that are, you know, offering their children into brazen idols that are red hot as sacrifices or, or the Mayans throwing, you know, Cutting people's hearts out. Some of those are disastrous results. The the origin and the crusades. The origin, the reason men are doing that is what comes from God. But where they end up, there's all kinds of different reasons. I think that it's a statement of divine love, and this is this is back to the problem of evil. The fact that God doesn't force that has to allow all kinds of different outcome.
0: Well, a child is born. A Hindu, mm-hmm. and lives to be ten years old and dies. Never mm-hmm. heard of, never was, never taught about Jesus. Never heard of him. Never. So what? What's his story? I mean, how how does, you know, does he go to heaven to 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 a, a heaven where he's introduced to Christ and Christ tells him all that business about? Well, that's, a that's a,
1: there's a lot of things about that that I don't know that are particular to that situation. Like uh, We don't believe that anyone except an adult can even become a Christian. So some kind of consciousness of self and sin and maturity is
0: required before that. Do you believe that, in heaven? Yeah, oh yeah. And, uh, and it's through good works and, and, and a pure spirit that you get to heaven? Mm. Do you believe in hell?
1: I, I do believe in hell.
0: So do, who, who goes to heaven and who goes to hell?
1: Well, so what? One of the what we would say is that there's a judgment, like well, everybody faces judgment, every living soul, because because life is miraculous. Everyone deals with their creator. So at, there's going to be some point, some epoch in time, when all men face their creator. It's, it's generally referred to as the judgment, and there's some there's some specific things that are said about that. It's said that. Every man shall give an account for the deeds done in his body, whether they be good or evil. So there's certainly some kind of like accountability for what you had access to and what you did with it, that God puts that into play. The reason that that I'm reluctant to make declarative statements about what happens to 10-year-old Hindus is that I'm not God, and God's the necessary component for proper judgment. So
0: only God knows why he had allowed this to believe something that's not true and never learn the truth and then die.
1: And he, he can give an account to his creator for why that is. I think that the fact that there are conversions, there are there's a passage in, uh, in Romans chapter 3 that talks about the knowledge of conscience and creation, that like we all are alive and due to our life we're given this kind of universal conscience. And that's I think the first step to God's judgment is that the things that we all know are good and wrong, like, that are ubiquitous to humanity, you know, killing, murder, stealing, right. all these things. These kind of moral imperatives that are a part of being a person, but are not a part of the animal world. Like, a, a jackal doesn't care about stealing from a, you know, from another jackal, you know. Right. A, a bird doesn't care about eating the same species bird's egg. Like, those kinds of things don't exist. That kind of morality doesn't exist in the animal world, but it does for us. And those—that's step one. Where those steps go to? And I'm to, not sure
0: that that's true. Well, when we talk about elephants and chimpanzees and the order of things, but there are there are social animals that that, that uh, have hierarchies and 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 uh, don't kill each other. And you know, yeah. But anyway, I mean, those but, but, but same chimps your, your go story. in
1: roving bands and rip the arms off of their na- warring factions. As humans, humans do that too, yeah. But we say it's worse wrong. Degree. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. No chimpanzees standing up on a pulpit and saying, "You all need to repent of your warmongering ways." Right. So anyhow, I, I those are things that people makes
0: me do. want to be a chimp because <laughs> we Wait, want to ahead. rip somebody's arms <laughs> off because yeah, of, <laughs> of the pulpit guy telling <laughs> me I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm okay not okay. I think it's true that there has to be a certain amount of ambivalence in the judgment because God has to sort those things out. I think that he's a necessary factor in all that. There's also a very clear biblical notion of greater and lesser reward and greater and lesser punishment, that these things are on a sliding scale, that there is variation, that God's not just like it's not just a yes or no box that gets checked, but that there's variation in all these things right. that gets played out through through Christian literature and, and art.
0: So can you go to heaven without believing in God?
1: Well, I don't think that you can be morally conscious and and morally aware and end up in heaven without knowing Jesus.
0: You can't be morally... Are you saying you can't be morally aware and morally conscious and not... Except Jesus, like there are no morally conscious and morally no no people who
1: no. I'm saying if you're an adult, if you have mm-hmm. a f- full developed faculty, the only way to God is through Jesus. That he's a necessary factor.
0: So let me ask you this. Let's take an example. I don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a pretty good guy, yeah. right? I mean, I I I try to do good in the world. I uh, I don't hurt people when I can help it I am um, I'm a loving open kind soul I, I I'm a pacifist basically um, and I don't believe in God is is that like a check mark against like it I, I saw so, so judgment happens and he goes well you know you were really nice I mean you were pretty Christ like actually in mm-hmm. your in your life but you didn't believe in God so you're gonna burn for the rest of your life in a, in a fiery pit of hell and be your skin is gonna be flayed from your body. I mean, mm-hmm. is that you know what I mean? I just yeah. feel like, what, what's up with that? Uh, you know, can I just be good for good? Stuff? I mean, the, to me, atheism is almost like uh, it, it, it's like it's it, it's it's good without the crutch mm-hmm. you know I don't I don't need reward but it's and not, I don't need it's not good in so many instances yeah, yeah I, I, there's I a lot of horrible I, atheist people there's a, there's a lot of horrible Christians I mean enough. Jesus what, what do you mean I'm talking about just person to person I mean uh-huh. you and I we've talked about this a lot we are very much alike uh-huh. in the way that we live our lives, in the way that we treat our children, and the way that we treat our wives, and the way that we treat strangers, in the, in, in the way that we want to help people, in the way that we are against war. And, you know, I mean, we're, the, the similarities are so far outnumber the differences that it's sort of overwhelming, but yet people think, how can you even be friends when you, his uh-huh. whole life is God, and my whole life is that I do not believe in this thing that is your whole life, Yeah, you know? Um, and I—it's just interesting to Like, am I gonna do you? Am I gonna burn in hell?
1: I think that. Um, I think that there's a certain kind of cause and effect that is a consequence of will, and I think that God has arrayed the world in a way to cause all of us to want to find Him. And I think that many people say. I don't want that. I don't want the constraint. I don't want the rule. I don't want the obligation. If if there's a God and he He's the prime mover behind all of this, I don't want to be subject to Him. Those are all hypotheticals. If, if you're in that case and you play that hypothetical that way and you say, if there's a God, I'm not going to be subject to Him. At the judgment, what God says is, look, I gave you a world. I showed you myself in all these different ways, and you continually turned your back on me. You continually said, I don't want that. I don't want you. I don't want what you are. I don't want your rules. I don't want your obligations. And what happens in the judgment is God says, okay, you get your way. I, I tried to... Go to hell. And whatever because that those means. those the two choices? Yeah.
0: Yeah, see, I have a real hard time with that um, because to me... Um, Derry Falwell should be in hell and yeah. I should be in heaven. Well if, if there's a, you know, I mean, I, I don't believe in heaven and hell, mm-hmm. but uh, I, don't, I don't even believe in an afterlife. But the fact, you know, I, I, I wonder how, how is it that, that you can be, love me mm-hmm. knowing that I'm going to hell? you know, Knowing that God is going to just reject me.
1: I, I don't understand all the imperatives of what that looks like. Okay. I know that there's there's surprisingly few details about it there's surprisingly few details about hell except for that it's bad there's surprisingly few details (laughs) about heaven except for that it's good um the rest is imagery and i and what what i see is that i think there's something incredibly unique about jesus making a way to correct humanity and that that that's what I'm more interested. That's not true. I, I'm just as interested in what it means to live this life the way that God intends humans to be. This like it's a it's it's uh, the term for it is vocation. Like, what does it mean to be a man? Why are men? Why do we exist? What's our what, what's our created design purpose? And that the Christian narrative is designed to teach us that because. That's where Jesus is, the Logos. He's teaching us how to be men. I think that you're a benefactor from all of that Logos theology by default. Like your ideas around truth and justice, about individual rights, about about order and a sense of order in the world, that all those things are are borrowed from a Christian ethos. Like you don't accept the prime premise, but there's a lot of derivative value in your life from that from his life. Right. And and I think that the the long term eternal spiritual ramifications are like that. That that because this is a grading system, because there's some kind of sliding scale in what God's doing in reward and punishment, I don't know how all that works out. But what I say is that this I know is true and this is a path towards right and this will produce Good now and in the future. And so I'm trying to funnel people towards that sense of truth I don't know what happens outside of that paradigm. I know I, I think it's bad Yeah, I don't know how that all that gets reconciled When when you look at the disparity the you know Tibetan priest that lives in a monastery his whole life and lives as a beggar or whatever and, Or Gandhi or whoever else here's an interesting an interesting point. Have you read Gandhi's autobiography? It's it's fascinating. It's called Experiments with Truth. And um, in the introduction to Experiments with Truth, I was fascinated to read this. He said, I recognize something within me that's broken. And his whole kind of like, the summation of his life and the title of his autobiography, Experiments with Truth, was designed to figure out what was broken inside of him as a person and how to set it right. And you know, there were some ugly things about Gandhi. He was an amazing man. I mean, the fact that he can free a quarter of the world's population and use nonviolent means to do it, it's all amazing to me. He's he's a stellar study in what a man can do. But there, at that echelon of devotion and dedication and discipline, you see a man saying, "There's something broken inside of me," and that's really what the quest for understanding the divine is about. The there's eternal implications to all of that. I, I believe that. But what this whole saga of being alive is about is how do we find the answer to that? How do I, how do I reconcile that when I was a teenager, I enjoyed hurting people? That's Brokenness that's something way way out of whack, and it's not just then it's still I'm still I still struggle with like Selfishness I still struggle with anger. I I still have this part of me. That's out of square If you throw away the ruler though Then how do you put it back into square?
0: Well, I don't consider I mean because I also struggle with being a better person and loving more and not carrying hatred and and you know uh, being happy and That we feel the same way about life and that that journey. I think you know, I think we and we we solve Situations in very similar manners. I just I don't think that uh, Not believing in God is throwing away the ruler. It's like I have my own ruler. You know, I have my own uh um, measure of what is good and what is bad and what it's like. And it's basically, you know, w- what it feels like. It's the do uh, unto others as you'd have them do unto you. I mean, that's sort of because I don't like what it feels like when people humiliate me. I'm not going to humiliate people. Um, but and, you recognize the problem I with try that thesis, right? My, I try to teach my children uh, the same thing, you know, to that part of life is figuring out what is broken about you and then the other part of life is trying to fix that and that's what you spend life trying to do try- trying to fix that right I want to be a better man I want to be the best person that I can possibly be I want to influence people around in as positive a way as I can be and that is my own inner self not God that's uh-huh. talking this telling me to do that Well, I'm not sure I agree with you
1: <laughs> but, but but the problem is what happens when somebody doesn't feel the same as you
0: well, yeah, you have serial killers who, who legitimately not feel just pleasure in torturing people. I think you have
1: most, m- m- most of our countrymen. I, I think that, I don't know, 70% of my neighbors would murder me for $200,000 if they thought they could get away with it.
0: Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not. I I'm just pulling I, some no, numbers but out I, of I, I think that's probably is true. And mm-hmm. I do think that's very, very sad. And, and I you know... You, you, there's a problem in the world, right? I mean, people are killing each other all the time and, they're, and they are and they hate each other and there's just anger and anger and anger. But not just know. that,
1: but it's always justifiable from an internal component. Like, and everybody thinks right. they have a I good mean, I, reason I had for this being sort
0: that of, way. Right, I had this sort of theory in high school that, that there is no evil and there's no such thing. Nobody does anything for evil. The serial killer legitimately want, gets derives happiness from hurting people and, then, and he doesn't feel... That the person is, is, is hurt. He doesn't understand what that even means. So well, he's doing what he thinks is right. I mean, uh, or he wouldn't do it. We all do what we think is right, or we wouldn't do it. I no, don't know. I, if that's I, I don't true, think though. anybody does anything for the sake of pure evil. I kill you to get that two hundred thousand dollars because I really want that two hundred thousand dollars, and I'm going to spend right. it. And I need it. yeah. There's all kinds of rationalizations. And you know, your life is worth less than that. That's my decision. But I'm not doing it just to, to, to twist my mustache and be evil and just for the sake of doing bad. I wanna spread anger and hatred everywhere I go. I just, I've never met that man. I, I have. I've met people who are very angry and don't understand what they're doing and are mentally ill, but I've never met somebody who does evil for the sake of it.
1: I, I think that, um, well, I mean, it, at a certain point it's semantic. Yeah, well, but, this
0: philosophy always is. It's always going to boil down to how we define. it. But I different.
1: think the way I think that, that the way to think of that is that when when I come up to an action X, and, uh, and and whether I, in whatever calculus I make, I say I know that that's wrong, but I want the result. I know it's going to hurt you and reward me whether that's I get to explode my anger on someone and feel whatever that that that's the nexus of evil when you step across that line of your conscience that that is evil and I think I think that we all that's why I think that that's a, a divine institution like that and it's it's pretty useful in most cases but there's some flexibility in where those lines get.
0: But what you know? What about the child who has been beaten and tortured and spit on his mm-hmm. entire life and has nothing and all he wants to do is survive? He's never known anything except for survival. It is impossible to expect that person yeah. to feel for another human being and, to, and to, to give up of himself so that someone else will be happy. I mean, like, w- what does that even look like? Well, think of the whole spectrum
1: of that consideration though and and it is so if here's here's my thesis if if the if that nexus of evil that line of conscience is something that's endemic to humans like we're created with it, is the way I would say it that's like uh, that's our, our our consciousness our knowledge what happens is so that if I go through trauma I'm beaten whipped abused whatever my whole life that doesn't go away. I still reco- I still have this this conscience. I still step across this line where I know that I'm contributing to that evil. I'm still doing something that I know hurts other people because I've been hurt. I know right. that I'm hurting other people. And I and so while there's a lot of factors that are that are this is why I think the judgment is a very complex issue yeah. that only God <laughs> gets to navigate. It's literally why he says that we don't get to judge. There's kind of like this, there are certain things that I can tell are right and wrong from because I think the Bible makes it clear. But when it comes to this like eternal question of where, how is God going to deal with people, it has to be in his domain because nobody can do that calculus but God. Because you have to be able to understand that infinite number of variables that create right. life. And these so, kinds of considerations are a part of it. Like what, how much... How much responsibility do you have? How much access did you have? How much were you cared for? How much were you abused? Like, where's your right. trauma? What does that do to your psyche? All those right. things are a part of the analysis.
0: But, you know, let's, I, I'm not a perfect person. I mean, I'd even be a good person. I don't know. Let, but let's say I'm a good person, okay? Let's say that I am a good person. God makes me. Mm-hmm. All right, and lets me loose on this world and I am a good person I, I do good everywhere I go but he gives me free will and I for various experiences that I've had I've come to the thought that he doesn't exist mm-hmm. that I just I don't, I don't he doesn't exist so that when he then judges me later I've been a good person I've done everything but I didn't believe in him he's going to punish me for that and then it, it, it's almost like like I hope he's having fun you know, like he's just doing like torturing his sheep. Just mm. what does he just delight in the struggle? Does he just enjoy We he gives us free will and then just hope and is just going to see if we do the right thing. And if we don't, it's like, Ur. no, I don't, you know? think know, that that's a, I don't, I mean, that's, that's one that's of the main I, reasons I don't believe yeah, in God is that I, I just feel like how can there be a creator, someone, an influencer or somebody who, who, who makes this, who grants free will and then punishes its use.
1: I think that the punishment narrative is is more of a cause and effect. Like, so God set up a reality, a world with gravity and and physics, and if you step out in front of a bus, as a consequence of this world, you'll be smushed flat. Mm. And there's a that's just a cause and effect. It's just a condition of reality. That if you if if you Step into the street, you're going to get smashed. Does God want you to be smashed? No. Did He set up a world in which that was a necessary condition? Yes. The 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 the, the language that's used around the judgment and especially these eternal punishment concepts. Um, there's there's a scripture that says that that these things were made for the devil and his angels. So there's this kind of like they're still created by God but these supernatural forces and that this place of punishment and wrath and destruction is made for them and he's not there's a direct quote there's a scripture that says he is not willing that any should perish but that all should come into repentance and what that means is that God's desire what he wants is and what he's using his influence in the world is to lead people to the place where they find the setting right of what was made wrong. It goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden in the fall, the choice, the choice to reject God's way. And he's trying to get people to a place. And I think that it's a necessary condition of life and reality for whatever reasons, it's out of my pay grade, that, that the consequence to your life, gets summed up and there's a there's a destination that happens right. from what the accumulation of your life well, is. Well, let
0: me ask you this. So somebody steps in front of a bus. So God has made this world. And, and one of the cool things about it is the randomness, right? The fact that we have this physical world mm-hmm. and the, that, you know, that you can drive a bus and then you can get in a bus and go from point A to point B. But in order for that to happen, some people get hit. hit by a bus, right? So let's say that your child steps in front of the bus, gets hit by the bus, doesn't die, but is on the verge. And then you pray to God, please... Spare my child's life, Mm -hmm. okay? Does God just say, "Well, I made the world, Mm -hmm. and the physical part of the world is that people get smashed by buses"? So, what what are you going to do? Does He not step in? See, this is one of my big problems. So, then what's the point of prayer? Is the is the point of prayer to say, "Let help me to accept that my child might not live"? No. So what is the point of prayer? Yeah,
1: the point of prayer is the, is the same reason that you and I have coffee together.
0: The point of prayer is connection. The point of prayer is relationship. So then why, why, why do people pray? Like, so, so if your child got run over by a bus and was possibly going to die, big chance he's going to die, would you pray to God and say, please do not let him die? because you think that, that that God might actually influence you but and then if you don't pray would God then not I mean that's cruel
1: so so I would I would appeal to God like I would appeal to a doctor I would say I, I would say I would say to God if my ch- when my child is sick I say the same things to God that I say to a doctor is there anything that you can do can you help me it's the same thing i'd say to you as my friend like if my child was hit by a bus i would call you and say felix right my child was hit and you would and that Come would be you. meaningful sure. for comfort for connection right. to be in 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 relation but with you but if each god
0: other. is 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 all powerful all knowing all you know yeah. then he certainly could do something this, sure this I is know, the i, problem I can either. i can i can put those veins back together i can't yeah. the doctor can't but you know if god can and doesn't Um, that's cruel and if he can and does so that's what prayer is you you know you know what I mean it's like we're in this weird what's the point of prayer if not to get results and if you don't get results then is is that not cruel
1: well is it cruel that you don't empty your bank account and pay for maybe five maybe children in a New Delhi ghetto
0: right that's we've we've discussed that and and, I th- and that's actually something that I struggle with I think maybe it is cruel and you uh, know, and that's why I'm not a perfect person that's why I am uh, that's why I can do better uh, as being a human
1: I th- obviously we can always do better but what 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 the point to the analysis is not to make us feel guilty the point to the analysis is that there's a rational way and a reasonable way for me to think of my life as not a moral monster And two facts be true, that there are millions of children dying in the world today and I have any amount of money in my bank account. And the the way that calculus happens is that there's these tiers of responsibility, there's this spheres of influence and connection, there's all these kind of like frameworks, matrixes and narratives about life and responsibility and what it means, where we cross those things and choose. So like, okay, I leave here, I walk to my car, there's a guy asking for four or five bucks. When I choose to give him five bucks, that's five bucks. It's not going to my family. I, I, I navigate that nexus right, yeah. every time. And, and sometimes it's no, and sometimes it's yes. And, s- and sometimes i'm making the wrong decision and sometimes i'm making the right decision my appeal in regards to god is that he's doing the same thing he just never makes the wrong decision that sometimes he does intervene in miraculous okay, ways but
0: if he never makes the wrong decision why pray so you know what what's what is the point to prayer at all if the correct i mean you know if you ask a i'm doctor, not friends
1: with you so that you can do things for well, me well
0: i i understand but if 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 you ask a doctor, can I do something, and the doctor physically has, has reached the limit of his, uh, of his arts and can no longer do something and says, there's nothing I can do, he will die, that's, then that's what happens. You say you ask God what you would ask a doctor. If you ask God, can you do anything, well, is God going to say, no, I'm not powerful enough? No. Of course he can do something. There's a whole calculus that I don't understand. Right. Well, so like, that, okay, that, but so that's look, the thing. Isn't but it? No, oh, well, here's he, what. he works in mysterious ways.
1: It's not just he works in mysterious ways. It's very reasonable. So if, if, God, if every time somebody prays to God and says, my child was hit by the bus, mm. what's the net effect of that in the world? Like There'd now- no death. Okay, well that, that's not a condition of reality. Right. Like there is death. So that, that's, that's a non-real. Let's just imagine that everyone who appeals to God for a miracle gets a miracle. What happens in a world where everyone who appeals to God a miracle gets a miracle. Everyone, okay.
0: be- everyone would believe in God, first of all. No,
1: here, I'll tell you what will happen. The German soldier prays, God, kill my American enemies. The American soldier prays, God, kill my German enemies. Who gets the miracle? Okay, the, the bus driver prays, I God, help me make sure and keep my job and get to work on time. The child who gets hit, the parents of them pray. Like, it's all these intervening miracles. Right. Like, there's this chaos butterfly effect. Like when you, I think that there's something important about the world and the way it is. And that when you step out out into a street, there's an expectation that you'll be hit so that you learn to look both ways. If you remove that consequence from reality, the world goes into chaos. Like, this natural order isn't something that can just be messed with without effect. Mm-hmm. And that's the analysis that God makes when he chooses to do a miracle and chooses not to, is that what does this impact have on the real world? Like, are people not going to wash their hands anymore because get, they get they can always just ask me for a miracle when they get sick? Like, all the implications, the downstream implications right. of messing with the physical world are something that... I, just like the judgment is something that only God can deal with the calculus of. So
0: one reason that I don't believe in God is that I don't think he does mess with the physical world. Like, I, I, I don't think that God steps in sometimes and saves the child and then sometimes lets the child die. And, you know, when, when I think of miracles that people say, and I mean, you know, we all, we both agree that these people are shocksters probably, uh, but these people on TV, yeah. they're like, oh, okay, you know, yeah, you yeah. can walk. They make the lame walk and they... To remove cancer, but they don't ever grow a amputated limb back. Well, they don't. They don't remove cancer either. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, it's like, oh wow, I'm cured. Mm-hmm. You know, we all know. I mean, studies have been shown that placebo works even if you are told it's a placebo. Yeah, I know. So, you know, the miracle would be giving a amputee his leg back. Mm-hmm. That I've never seen yeah. or heard of. Ever in the history of the world I've never heard of somebody growing a leg back that that works.
1: Well the people um, the blind receive sight and the lame walk in the in the gospel and everything's one of the evidences of the Messiah, but but they're 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 incredibly rare circumstances. They're yeah. incredible they're miracles. And I think that the reason they're miracles is because that intervention in the physical world doesn't have isn't without consequence.
0: But I just feel like, if my child gets hit by the bus, and I pray to God to save him, and He doesn't, I'd just be like, okay, you know, oh well. well I, that's, guess, I guess I just you know I guess I didn't deserve it, or maybe was I sinned or. Well, I, what I that demonstrates
1: just, you know, is the, is a, is a theology. What that demonstrates is that the reason people, I think, that's a very primitive view of God. That's a very pagan view of God. Like, it's this appeasement for 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 power, and I don't think that's the. Construct that God was trying to institute in religion. I think he was trying to institute a way of A way of healing self a way of fixing the world and here's the other thing that if 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 God's going to Feed all the Tonight he chooses to rain rice in the New Delhi ghetto There's something that happens here's one of those downstream effects all of a sudden, we don't feel responsible for the, for the orphans in the New Delhi ghetto. Like That's God's job, to rain rice on them. And I don't think that's the construct that God's trying to make out of the world. I think he's trying to fix us. He's trying to cause us to be the answer to these problems. He's stimulating us. And there's, n- no doubt, a real human cost to all those things.
0: So There's a little bit of, you need to do this without me what you said.
1: I would say you, we need to do this in
0: collaboration. Okay. So but my question to you is if you if your child got hit by a bus, would you ask God to intervene? Would you say, "I want you to please grant me a miracle. I want you to intervene. I cannot live without this child. I need you to help me fix it." Or is it just, "I need you to help me to understand either way what happened?"
1: well I, I i don't know what would happen if my child was in a fatal accident i know that in crisis moments in my life thus far what i've appealed to God for is connection and comfort and understanding okay i i, I have asked God for certain miracles i have talked to him about health problems and things like this but none of that is none of that is leveraged like none of it's a, None of it's by way of expectation. What, what my expectation is, is that there's some way that we can walk through this together and I think a real sense that we are.
0: What would be the downside of God proving that he exists? I mean, if somebody, you know, I remember in a physics class being told that the acceleration of, uh, of, 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 of all objects is the same. Mm-hmm. So gravity pulls all objects at the, the, the exact the same, same rate, right? Yeah. yeah. And and you know and the science teacher dropped a frisbee in and then dropped a feather and you're like, "Well, see," but then when he puts the frisbee the feather in the frisbee and there's no wind resistance, they fall at the same rate. I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh my gosh, that's so crazy." It's repeatable, it's, de- it's demonstrable, and it made me go, "Oh wow, all objects fall at the same rate." I don't understand what would be, you know, why there needs to be a question about God to say, God, just prove to me right now that you exist in any way. Just give me something. Show me that you exist. Levitate the coffee cup for five seconds, and then you got me. Mm-hmm. That is it. What's the downside? Why wouldn't he do that? Why wouldn't he just have everybody believe? Because I don't think he wants to,
1: uh, because I think that's manipulative. I think what he wants is for people
0: to seek and find him. like. How, how, but that sounds like a game. It's like, is that fun for him? Well, you know what I mean? That's just that's what's so hard for me is it just how can that not be cruel? Is
1: falling in love a game? Like, when, like, okay, so, so first, I think that he is proving his existence, although behind a veil. I, I get that there's alternative scenarios, but that there are good, reasonable. Ideas around the divine like to look at the miraculous world and assume a, a miraculous origin is sensible so existence itself is is a Evidence of God if you albeit there are other explanations as well So there are potential Revelations of God if you have eyes to see them if you want to see them and I think that the the reason he doesn't like Leverage himself and force himself is that he doesn't want his relationship to be contingent on those kinds of things so if I had to If I had to jump off of a bridge to prove to Erica that I loved her she said I'm not gonna believe you unless Mm -hmm. you jump off of a bridge well That doesn't that doesn't last very long and then what happens next time next time? there's a there's a difficulty in our relationship and she's like well I know you jumped off the bridge that one time, but you really need to jump off a bridge again if you're going to prove to me that you love me this time. And like, how many? At a certain point, you say, "Well, how much do I need to show you?" And how much do I need to?
0: Well, more than zero.
1: Well, you know, I I don't think it is zero.
0: You know, well, yeah, I know. That's that's where we. I mean, the
1: fact that I exist, the fact that love exists, the fact that there's beauty, the fact—all these things are evidences to me. Yeah,
0: it just seems intentionally obfuscated a little to me. Uh, I mean, you know, prove to me you love me is sort of what marriage is, right? Prove to me you love me is is decide and tell me that you want to be with me for the rest of my life you know I mean I, that's how I prove to Sarah like, I don't jump off bridges I'm there every single day mm-hmm. all the time I would do uh, I will comfort her and receive comfort from her every day always forever when she dies I don't know what's gonna happen to my world I just the thought of it makes me um, crazy so I but, can tell But her that's that. the
1: same kind of proof that God gives me
0: yeah but he doesn't give it to me you know would, and would, and, and would, I mean, honestly, in a way, there's there's a, I mean, I, I don't want to say jealousy, uh, because I actually feel more comfortable with not with there being no God and my being good just because I'm because I am. That's that's cool to me. Um, but there's a little bit of jealousy in thinking, oh Jesus, take the wheel. It's like, wow, I, I've got backup. Uh-huh. You know, that's kind of cool, uh-huh. right? That i you're not alone. That you, you got backup. That's kind of cool. I don't believe that. Um, but I, I I see the appeal for sure
1: I think the greatest appeal for me is some kind of exterior standard something to look at outside of my own emotions and rationale and and make determinations about complex things like the the this this real cliched what would Jesus do kind of thing is is a real principle of the Christian religion that there's some kind of appeal to what someone to show the way yeah and I think I'm to be a teacher I love that
0: that question what would Jesus do because the Jesus as he's been taught as this pacifist um, rebel uh, purveyor of ideas is fantastic to me, but it, it works the same for me to say, "What would Mister Rogers do?" Mm-hmm. It's the same thing; I get the same result. Um, what would Gandhi do? You know, I, I don't know any of these people very well, but you know, the teachings of Mister Rogers to me are pretty in line with Jesus. I mean, he was a religious man Christian, yeah. right? But um, but he lived it. I mean, uh-huh. you know, so, so Jerry Falwell is a Christian man too, yeah. supposedly. I mean, I don't know. Um, a lot of people that I know that are really mean are Christian people. Well, so,
1: Christian is as Christian does
0: right. Yeah, and, and I mean, what would Jesus do is, is just sort of like, what would a, a good man do? What would a good person do, you know? Mm.
1: I don't know that that's, that doesn't, it doesn't function that way for me. When I read the gospel
0: narrative. It's like, what should I do? Is, you know, it's better than like, what would Jesus do? What should I do? Because I know what I should do. See, I don't. And do you think that's what God is? The, the knowing? I know what
1: I should do. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the spark. That's conscience. Yeah. That's what comes from God. That's how we're made in his image. Oh. But I, I'll i say this, and we, should, we we missed mythology and how to turn it no, into I a No, I mean, I, I,
0: I knew that it would devolve. go into this. I mean, th- th- this is what it is. I mean, yeah. that's religion is a, is, is a story that you tell yourself. Why do you tell the story? That's what we're talking about.
1: I think what maybe a difference in the way that I would see like, especially the Jesus narrative from you is that Jesus isn't sensible to me. I think that, um, when I, when I read the Jesus story, when I read the gospel narratives, it always catches me off guard. It runs counterintuitive to me. He does things in many cases, the opposite that I would. So for instance, just one of many, 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 many examples, there's a time in Jesus' ministry when uh, uh, he's called the rich young ruler, a wealthy man comes up to Jesus and says, what must I do to go to heaven, to have eternal life, I think he says. And, you know, like for those of us that 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 have spent our life for the gospel, they'd be like, wow. This is so great. You came and asked me how to go to heaven. I got a whole plan to tell you how to do this. It's not what he does. He doesn't, exi- he doesn't respond in any way like I would in that scenario. He says, you have the law. Do that. Well, that's like, why doesn't he put himself in the middle of that he doesn't? He says, you have the law. You're a Jew. You Moses gave you the commandments. Do those things. And he says, I've done that since I was a kid. And Jesus says, one thing you lack, sell that you have and give to the poor and come and follow me. And that's a really counterintuitive story to me. Like, I don't see that. Why doesn't he? There's another time when they come to him and they say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to follow you. And he's like, okay. The foxes have holes and the birds have nests, but I don't know where I'm going to sleep tonight. Do you want to follow me? Like none of that, his teaching is counterintuitive. Love your enemies is counterintuitive. Hey, none of that makes sense to me in myself. I would never recreate that if it wasn't for Jesus. I would never. I could create uh, uh, boundaries on retributive violence. I would say, don't hurt people yeah. unless they hurt you. But I would never come up with love your enemies. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. So all kinds of things that Jesus teaches that don't make sense.
0: I mean, you know, I, I, there's people that I don't like, very few people, but there's a few people that I, I don't like, that I don't talk to, that I don't want. And, you know, when I ask myself, you know, I, I need to just draw to to lose this hate. Uh-huh. Right? I don't want to carry this around, so I should just love this person. But the thing is, this person causes pain to me and my family. yeah, And to have this person in my life is painful and difficult. And to not have this person in my life has been fantastic. It's so great. Mm-hmm. So... You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's difficult to love people that sometimes need to be hated. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, hate is a, but, but the word is, you know, not loved, banished <laughs> yeah. out of my existence. Yeah. yeah. So, we got a lot more to talk about, but this, is, this has been good. Yeah. And uh, I love you, and um, we should live a long life so that we can hang out with each other as much as possible because afterwards. It <laughs> right yeah All right. I hope not love you
1: <laughs> maybe God sent me to put you on the right track uh,
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs>